growing up when I like I was growing up. But um, <clears throat> before we would leave the house as kids, we would get some type of instruction. Right. I don't know if anybody in here was like this as well. You'd get instruction. Your parents might have said, mind your manners. Right. If you're going to so and so's house, mind your manners. Be respectful. Don't chew with your mouth open. Don't do this. Don't do that, right? Don't grab for seconds. Ask. I mean, there might have been all sorts of things that were given that you were supposed to do to remember, which, of course, once you got there and just chaos went on because you're so excited, you forgot all of this, but you were still reminded uh, by your parents and instruction was given uh, to, before you left the house a lot of times. Sometimes there would be some permissions that would be given by your parents. I remember one time I was, oh man, I was just a little guy uh, or young guy. And, uh, and uh, I, I knew you'd get that. And um, our, my dad and mother dropped us off at somebody's house. And I remember to this day, my dad saying, if they need whipping, whip them, you know. And it's like, you know, and he meant it too. I mean, he just, there was instructions that was given. I don't even remember whose house we were at. All I remember is hearing that, and uh, he meant that. And sometimes he he would give instructions like that to whoever we were left where we were left with. I remember I uh, gave piano lessons to a couple uh, kids, a, a, a boy and his sister, and uh, their mother would came one time and put a wooden spoon on the piano, and she's like, "Use it if you have to." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm not going to use this," and uh, then I did. No. <laughs> And uh, sometimes instructions given, right? Parents give instruction how they leave their kids. Some sometimes there would be some correction, right? My sense of style when I was younger was hideous. I was the average boy. I just picked that out of the drawer and that out of the drawer, or off the floor or wherever it was at. And no, nothing was ever allowed to be on the floor. Out of the drawer and maybe a hat or whatever. It never matched. It never looked right. I looked like a hobo, you know. And I'd get ready to go out of the house, and my mother would say, you're not going out of the house like that. And she would say these words, and my friend said, my mother said that too. She'd say, somebody will think you don't have a mother. Anybody ever hear that one? Yeah. And so I'd have to go back and change. I remember one time, probably about fourth grade, I had sweatpants on to wear to school. I didn't know that was outlawed, right? And I was getting ready to go to school, and my dad says, you're not wearing those. And I'm like... Everybody wears these. You're not wearing those. And I, I made the mistake of going like that. It was done. I changed quickly. Yeah. Let me ask you this. In all of these cases, what was the goal? What was the goal? Just make their life miserable? That, maybe. That might have been it. Probably not. The goal for the parents was well-behaved children. Right. The goal for the parents was to have people appreciate your children. Isn't that nice when people say, oh, you have great kids? Well, that's a blessing. Blessing. Blessing when you're at a restaurant and somebody goes, what well-behaved children. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said that to our youngest daughter, and she told me, I'm just here to make you look good. It's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you, hey, maybe they did what they did to for people to appreciate their parenting skills, right? Maybe you wanted to, as a parent, and maybe this is you, you wanted to look like a good parent because you really wanted to be a good parent, right? Proverbs 17.25 says this, that a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to him that bear him. 
And anybody with any roadwalking sense, any desire in life, uh, they, they, they don't really want their children to be a drag on them. They really don't. But you know, this morning in our text, if you are a child of God this morning, if you are born again and God is your father, did you know that God wants the world to see something about himself in his children as well? He does. And we're going to look at this this morning. And the title of the message this morning is this. And I'll explain it at the end. Are you ready? Act your address. Act your address. You're like, what on earth? Stick with me. We'll get there. If notice in chapter 2 and verse 1, we looked at this last week. And you have the quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. And we saw this. We've been quickened. If you're in Christ Jesus, there's a day in your life when you realize that you were uh, wrong and God was right. You believed Jesus. You believed what he did. You believed the blood was sufficient to save you. You, you believed everything about him. You went to God, right? You and God alone. And you said whatever the words were. You're right. I'm wrong. Uh, I, I need this gift. I need the blood of Jesus Christ to, to remove all of my sins and make, you, make me right with you again. And whatever, however it happened, whatever the words were, you went to God. And listen, when you had faith towards God, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, immediately your sins, past, present, and future, were gone. Amen. And you were quickened. What does the Bible said? The word here, quickened, means what? Made alive. That dead spirit came to life again. And now you have communion with God. <clears throat> we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We looked at this last week. It is a past tense. But we were dead. But now we are alive in Christ. And if you notice here, when we were dead, verses 2 through 4, we operated our life by three influences. How many remember before you got saved? Remember that life before you got saved? Even if you were a young, a young child, a younger child, you may have some remembrance. Uh, even as a young child, these three influences were in your life. You go, boy, I don't know. Uh, they were. Look at verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh, and the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And if you notice in verse 2, here in verse 3, there are three things that we operated, three influences that we operated our life by. Number one, the course of this world. See this? Uh, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. You lived the way everybody else lived. If, if the world says... Uh, um, you know, wear this, we wore this. If the world said, uh, we, uh, we do this, then we go do this. If the world says this drink is cool now, well, we go after this. If the world says this is how you respond to authority, well, then this is how we respond to authority. I'm telling you, it, 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 when there was a time in our life when we lived after the course of this world is the most natural thing for us to do outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just went with the flow. We just did like everybody else did, right? We just lived that way, the course of this world. Notice the second influence in verse 3. The lust of our flesh, uh, among whom also we had our conversation. The word conversation means lifestyle. 
We had our lifestyle in times past in the lust of our flesh. Right? If I'm hungry, I eat. If I'm thirsty, I drink. There's some natural things, but even those get out of whack to where they're, they're, they're just the lust of the flesh, right? When you come to places of gluttony, when we come to the things of drink like alcohol and things like that and the addictions there and the body says, I want it, I want it. And we go after it and we're just obeying the lust of our flesh, whether, and you can just fill in, in the blank here of, of things that used to dictate our life because the flesh told us to. Right. Whether no matter what it is, they they are out there. This is what used to dictate our life. Look at the third thing here in verse two again. The devil. (laughs) Look at this. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit that now worketh in the in the children of disobedience. So these are the three influences that used to that used to rule our life. The world the flesh, and the devil. And, you know, it says here that we were once, watch, the children, the children of wrath, and were by nature, the end of verse 3, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. John three thirty six. the Bible says that he that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son, I like this, it didn't say not in the Son, it said who believeth not the Son, those who don't believe Jesus, right, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. What is the wrath of God? It's the judgment of God against sin. God is holy and sin has to be judged. And so here we are, before we came to Christ, we were the children of wrath. We were children awaiting the judgment of God because we were by nature sinners, right? Romans 5, 12, whereas for by one man sin entered the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We were born sinners. And we've talked about this quite a bit recently. We are sinners by nature. We are born this way. And then after that, we are sinners by choice. How many sinned this week? Anybody want to throw a hand up? Hey, we got a couple honest people. And the rest just sinned. <laughs> No, we're all sinners, right? We are sinners by nature, right? And we find out we're still sinners by choice. We're sinners by choice, right? Romans 1.18, what does it say? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold not the truth in unrighteousness. You know what is awaiting for those outside of Jesus Christ? You know what is awaiting for those who are the children of wrath? What is waiting for you today is the wrath of God, the judgment of God to fall upon your sin. Listen to this morning. There was a time 2,000 years ago when the wrath of God fell upon his own son because he took upon himself all of the sin of mankind and, and, and took everything upon himself. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might know the right, but we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that day 2,000 years ago on, the, uh, on, on Calvary's mountain, the wrath of God fell upon his son and Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And listen, the... 
That Jesus took all of the wrath and all of the payment for our sin so that even though we are born the children of wrath, we don't have to die that way. We could put our faith and trust in the atoning work of Jesus and have all of that sin taken away that was placed upon Jesus and go from the children of darkness to the children of light. We can be no longer the children of wrath. And he's talking about where we used to be. If you're saved here this morning, you once were a child of wrath. But today, we are a children of God. Amen? Our sins have been washed away. They're under the blood. They are gone. And we were children of wrath. Children of wrath. Dead in our trespasses and sins. Following the course of this world. Doing everything that the flesh wanted us to do. Controlled by the prince and the power of the air. This was our past if you're in Christ today yeah. but notice verse 4 verse 4 shows us our present if you're in Christ this morning if you've been born again if you're saved verse 4 begins our present we looked at this quickly last week but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith He loved us. Notice this. He is rich in mercy. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? You know, it was on the Ark of the Covenant where the blood of the atoning sacrifice was sprinkled. And it was called, what was that called on top of the Ark of the Covenant there? It was called the mercy seat. The blood of of, of that lamb sacrifice was sprinkled upon the mercy seat there. And it was taken that that the sins were covered year by year. In 1 Chronicles 16.34, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Why? For his mercy endureth forever. Do you realize the mercy of God will never run out? As, 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 long, as God is eternal, so is his mercy. Amen. As God is love, so, as God is eternal, so is his love. God is a merciful God. He will never run out of mercy. Psalm 86, 5. For thou, O Lord, the psalmist said, art good. And ready to forgive. Amen. I like that. And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Jesus said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said all that come unto me I will in no wise cast out. Amen. We Listen, the mercy of God and the goodness of God is, is always available to those who call upon him. Amen. His mercy. Luke 1, 76 through 78 he is speaking about, Zacharias is speaking now. His voice is back. He, 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 uh, John has been born. John the Baptist has been born. And Zacharias is, is saying a little word here. He's prophesying. He said, and now, child, speaking about his son John, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go, go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Listen to this. Through the tender mercy of God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. God's mercy put on flesh and came to earth. And listen, God's mercy endureth forever. Notice this, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. And this really what the world is looking for? Isn't the world really looking for love? 
They're looking for love in so many different things, in so many different avenues. But really, love is found right here. 1 John 4, 7, 8. You know it, maybe you know the song. I'm not going to sing that. But it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And anyone that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. You see, this is an attribute of God. God. God doesn't love. He is love, right? That's who He is. And He will forever love. He will for, if, if, if you pass across God's radar and all of humanity passes across the radar of God, if you are passing God's radar, you are loved by Him. You are loved. John 3.16, love is defined. For God so loved the world that He what gave his only begotten son. God's love was, was defined in giving. He's giving. He gave Jesus that whosoever believed on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Romans 5, 8, that love is demonstrated where it says, but God commendeth, he demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you realize Christ didn't die for your sins when you got good? Christ chose to die for your sins when you were bad and wicked and a sinner and away from him, a sinner by nature and a sinner by choice. That's when he chose to die for you. He goes, you say, well, I thought it was 2,000 years ago. I was born after that, right? Well, remember, he was slain from the foundation of the world. God saw from the beginning to the end. He saw everything you'd ever do. He saw everything you'd ever say. He'd say, see everything that you, every disobedience and every act of, 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 uh, of, of rebellion. He saw it all. Right? And he said, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. And in the fullness of time, the Bible says, Jesus was born of a virgin. What happened? The second person of the Godhead put on human flesh and was born in this world. Why? Because he loved us. Can I tell you something this morning? Some people in here, your problems could, could get fall. A lot of your problems will get solved if you just become convinced that God loves you. Amen. No, He does. Yeah. You say, I, I don't know. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what He went through. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever questioned the love of God, look to Calvary. Look to Calvary. His rich mercy for his great love. Look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. That word quickened means to be made alive. This is our present. We are living in the mercy of God and the love of God. And that mercy and love of God was, was available before we were ever saved. But here we are now living in it, quickened together, made alive by Christ. And look at verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, did you see this here in verse 6? He's made us to sit in heavenly places. In Christ. See, right now we are in heaven. Right. Our address is in heaven in Christ. One of these days we're going to be in heaven with Christ. Amen. Amen. Right now we're in Christ. Yeah. We're children of God. We're in the heavenly places. We're in Christ Jesus. 
Watch this. Because of Calvary, our home address is heaven. No, that if you're in Christ today, that's your address. It's heaven. It's heaven. 2237 Glory Avenue. <laughs> Whatever it is. That's where it is. You know, we're longing for home, aren't we? We're longing to be home. Some long more than others. But there's something within us that we long for home. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. We understand that. We're pilgrims. Listen, we live here, but it's a temporary address. We're, hey, listen, our church, we're meeting in a temporary address right now. Well, if we would look at it, where's our home? Well, 637 East Crimson. We're not there yet. We're trying. By the grace of God, we're going to get there. But we're not there yet. And this, this may be our temporary dwelling. And this is our temporary tabernacle that we are living in, this body of ours. But listen, one of these days, we are going home. And this is our address. This is our. This is where we're going. I remember as a kid making those trips from uh, from uh, Massachusetts to back home to Missouri. And all those summers, we'd come home and come home. And it was three days in Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Kentucky. And one year, I think we went all the way down through Louisiana and back up. We took the scenic route for some reason and picked cotton and did all this crazy stuff. But it was it just took forever. Remember those in the back of a Dodge truck with a little camper top on it and we all rattled in the back it was awesome we loved it yeah but man once you got to the golden arches that say that golden arch not the silver arch at st louis we liked the golden arches too because we didn't get to go to there much right that was a treat to go to mcdonald's you get to the arch at st louis it was like you'd see that on i guess i-70 boy you'd see that away a little way off and you it was like there man you cross the river and you're home almost you're in God's country finally. Amen. You're in the will of God. <laughs> but you weren't quite to the end. And we take that four hours, right? Hit Springfield, got excited. Made it to Aurora, got even more excited because we got corn dogs at the little stand there at Walmart. Oh, that was great. And because uh, they didn't have corn dogs in, in Massachusetts. They didn't know what that was. And uh, we get corn dog and then you'd hit 39 Highway heading south, five miles. Oh, my goodness, the anticipation. I can feel it to this day. Turn the corner at TT Highway, pull into the driveway. Hmm. There's no phones, right? Remember that? Oh, there are phones, no cell phones. Hey, right? I called three days before we got there, as then we showed up. And there'd come Granny and Paul come out of the come out the house. They'd be all like, oh my goodness, it was like reading. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Can't wait for heaven. Yeah. It's gonna be soon. <laughs> Amen. This is our present. This is what we have right now in Christ. Praise the Lord. But I want to show you something here. We have a past. Yeah, don't like that. Praise the Lord, we have a present. But notice this thirdly. God's going to give a picture. Look at verse 8, would you please? Salvation is of God. He's going to touch on this again. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by grace. You know, you know why God chose to save us? Grace. Why? Because He wanted to. Right? Nothing that we did. Nothing that we could have done. We are saved by grace through faith. Notice this, that not of yourselves, 
can't work your way there. You can't knock enough doors to get there. You can't do enough good deeds to get there. You can't get baptized enough to get there. It's not how you get there. Not by works of righteousness. Not by righteous works, good works. It's not by that. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I want to clear something up here real quick. The word it there, you can circle that if you want to. I don't know if there's any English majors in here. I'm not one. But I did look this up. The word it, what would it be referring to? I'm just going to let you think about that and I'm going to answer it for you. It is referring to saved. It is not referring to the word faith. What is the gift? Faith or salvation? Well, it's salvation. I mean, I could go through this. I've got it marked in my Bible. You know, I've got the word faith is in a prepositional phrase. It can't be the subject. I go through all of these things. I was just reading, reading uh, I think, early this morning. It was, it's always nice to find some things that agree with you. <laughs> you go, Phew. Two men I read after, they, they went to the Greek. I don't know how to do that. And they said in the Greek, the word it cannot be referring to faith. See, there's, a, there's people out there called Reformed Theology Calvinists that tell you faith is the gift and that God, God gives certain people faith to believe. Not true. Everybody in this room has all that they need within them to believe the gospel. The gift is salvation. The gift of salvation. It, look what God says. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Could you imagine how miserable heaven would be to listen to people talk about how they got to heaven? Well, I did this. Well, I did this. Well, I built the biggest church. Well, I had the biggest Sunday school. Well, I saw 50,000 saved in a year. Well, that wouldn't be there because it would be a lie. But (laughs) how miserable would that be? To listen to that while some, somebody overheard in the corner, like, I didn't do anything. Right? Well, yeah, that's it right there. I didn't do anything. Amen. It was the grace of God. And so he touches on this again, that it's, that it's uh, by grace and, and we are saved. What are we saved from? Saved means to be delivered. What are, we, what are we saved from? What are we delivered from? Well, 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 10 says this, And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the, wait, here it is again, wrath to come. Remember that whole thing about wrath? Don't make me go back and talk about that again. Do you remember the thing about wrath? Amen? Let's try it again, because I'll go back. Do we remember wrath? Amen? Oh, good. Thank you. We are delivered from the wrath to come. That is our What are we saved from? The judgment, the rightful judgment of God upon us. We've been saved through faith. Through faith, not of works. Titus 3, 5. It's not, not by works of righteousness which we have done according to His mercy He saved us. Amen. It is not by works and no boasting. Salvation is of God. Now let me show you the picture. Verse 10 he talks about his workmanship. That's a wonderful word, actually. We'll get there in just a minute. But look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay. 
So here we are. We are his workmanship. We are his creation. That word workmanship, we are something new. Does that sound familiar? Over in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, uh, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Amen. Behold, all things are become new. It is a, this workmanship is a work of God when he makes something new. No, it's not the turning over of a new leaf. It's not the making of a, an old life or a bad life better. Listen, no matter how well you train a cat to act like a dog, that cat can never be a dog, right? No, you can, you can, I think you can teach a cat to fetch, right? Might teach it to do a couple cool things, meaning whatever a dog does, right? Be cool things. But it's never going to be a dog. When Jesus saved us, we are a new work of his. He didn't just revamp the old. The old man died and he made something new. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice this. It is beautiful. That word workmanship there is the Greek word that we get the word. I can't even pronounce it right. I'll mess it up. So we get the word poem. Poem. Workmanship. We are a poem of God. Wait, what did God do with us when he saved us? He made a beautiful poem of us that tells the richness of his grace. Yeah. Do you know that you're a work of art this morning if you're in Christ? You're a beautiful work of art. God calls you peculiar. Something treasured. He, it what? It's his, we are His workmanship. He did it. He has made us something. But notice this also. We are His workmanship. Verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Wait, I thought you just said it wasn't about works. Well, not to get in. <laughs> not to be adopted into the family. Could you imagine? I'm, I'm sure it happens, but could you imagine somebody want to go adopt a child and maybe they may fly to China, they may fly to Russia, they may fly to, to uh, I don't know, somewhere else. Uzbekistan, there's a good one. And they may go through all of the little children at the, at the, at the agency and they say, okay, let's see who can do somersaults. Oh, no somersaults, don't want you. Oh, now let's see who can, uh, you know, can do 25 push-ups. Oh, only you, okay, you're out. Right. Could you imagine, you know, see, God, now there may be some out there that do that, but God doesn't. We don't know to get into the family. We're not working to get in. But watch, when we get into the family, we're adopted by God, which, which, which if you remember back from chapter one, it, it, watch, it, it, it engages us into the work of the kingdom of God. We're on the same page. We're in the same family trying to attempt the same thing. We don't work to get in, but listen, we do have works, uh, we, we work because we are. Let me say it that way. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. Amen. He went about doing good. He helped. He healed. He had compassion. Jesus came. He said, I came to do the, do the will of my Father. See, watch this. God has ordained all of those who are in Christ Jesus 
to also live like Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Yeah. We are His workmanship. We are a new created, create, uh, creature. We are a new beautiful work ordained, determined, God decided, when I rework this individual, when I make them new, I'm going to make them new so they will walk in good works. Why? Just to go about and do good works? What is the purpose of living like Christ? What's the purpose of it? Now remember back in verse 6, we were saved by grace. We're seated in the heavenly places. We have a, we have a home right now. We're waiting to get there. Right now. But here's the why. What is the purpose of living like Christ? Why would God want this from us? Verse 7. We skipped over this and we're going back. Look at that first word, that. Sometimes that word that will come in a sentence to explain the sentence before it. That. In ages to come. That word ages means eons. Eons. Eons includes right now and goes into eternity. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. See that word show there? You know what show means right there? You say, yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> it is. It just means to display, to manifest, to put on display. Anybody have a trophy you ever put on display? You have a little, yeah, yeah. Then it collects dust, then it goes to a closet, then it goes to an attic. Then you're like, where'd that thing go anyway? Forgot all about it. We display, we put it on display. Watch this, watch this, watch this, please. Verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show, put on display, what? The exceeding riches of his grace. God wants to put on display the exceeding riches of his grace. How is he doing that? In his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Watch this. God is trying to show the world his kindness, his grace, by his redeeming work in his creation. That's you and I. How does he do this? Well, this part, watch, this picture, this is up to us. Here's the way Jesus said, walk ye in it. James one twenty two, be doers of the word twenty one twenty one maybe be doers doers of the word, and not hearers only. Yeah, heaping up you know, uh, deceiving your own selves. This is hey, listen, this is the this is the tragedy of not being a doer of the word, as you heap deception layer of layer of layer of deception upon yourself, to where you don't even eventually you don't even know what you believe or why you believe it. Why? Because you've 
rejected the doing of the word. See, watch this. The grace and the kindness of Jesus is seen, you ready for this? When his children live like Jesus. Watch, we started with our past, right? When we live like our past, we will not be displaying our present. And you know what gets missed? The world doesn't see. They don't see the kindness and the grace of God. Why? Because we're still living like the old life. We're still living by the world, the flesh, and the devil. We're still controlled by these influences in our life. And the tragedy of it all is that all of the work done at Calvary out of grace and out of mercy at no cost to us. All of that that was done that God just wants the world to see through us. Well, it gets covered up by the old life. God doesn't get to show. The world never sees God. And the world will never see God when His children refuse to act their address. You're in Christ this morning if you're saved. Amen. You're seated in the heavenlies by Christ Jesus. You know what this, kind of what we're being told here? Act like it. Why? So we feel better about ourselves? No, so the world sees how good our God is. How gracious He is. How kind he is. How wonderful he is. Philippians 3.20, so, so succinct here. For our conversation, our lifestyle, our conversation is in heaven. Should be. Yeah. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Question this morning. Are you living your address? Does the world see the grace and the mercy of God in the way we live our life? Or do they just see the old life, which is like their life, and there's no testimony whatsoever of the goodness of God? You may be living your address today because your address isn't in heaven yet. Can I tell you something this morning? It doesn't matter if you've been baptized. It doesn't matter if you've done uh, you know, numerous amounts of works. It doesn't matter if you've been a member of church your whole life. It doesn't matter if, if you uh, like the Bible and agree with the Bible and like Jesus and agree with Jesus. None of that matters. Listen, if there's never been a time in your life when you personally, personally with God have come before Him, you and Him alone, and confessed that you are a sinner, by nature and by choice, you know it, you are a sinner. And, and, and never come to a place where you've believed what Jesus said and believed that what he did on the cross was enough to take away all of your sins. If you've never come to that place before and then come to God and asked him to forgive you and asked him to, uh, to, to uh, take away your sin and ask you, ask him for, for the gift of salvation. If you've never done that, listen to me this morning, please. Your, 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 your address is still in this world. 
watch, you're still a child of wrath. And if you die that way, the wrath of all of the wrath of God that fell upon Jesus, right, will now be on you. And for the rest of your eternal existence, right, you will reside in a place separate from God in a place called hell. Jesus talked about hell far more than he talked about heaven. He warned of hell. He warned of it. Listen, the Bible says, For who knows what may be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanisheth away. You have no assurance of tomorrow. If you're not in Christ Jesus, if you're here today, if you're listening online, watching online, and you're not in Christ Jesus, today, today, while it is yet day, call upon Him today. The Holy Spirit of God is drawing and you know it. You know what is being said is truth. Not because I said it, it, but because it's the Word of God. And if your address is still in this world, you need to change addresses, friend. You need a new house. You need a new place. And can I tell you something? If you'd come today, Jesus will never say no. Never. Are you living your address? May God help us today. Listen, we still have the flesh attached to us. Absolutely, I know that. We still do some things that we shake our own heads at and go, why did I do that? Yeah. But may God help us to empower us and to help us to live like the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to pat ourselves on the back, not to feel better than anybody else but only for the purpose that the world would see the grace and the kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father today, thank you that we have a new address. Praise the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. If there's somebody here today that has never been born again, they've never, by their own choice and volition, came to you believing what Jesus did and put their faith and trust in Christ, I pray you do that drawing work today again. And bring them to Jesus. And Father, for us who are saved, Lord, would you help us to act our address? I think anybody, everybody in this room in Christ would have the same desire that they really do want the world to see how good you are. And they really do want the world to see your grace and how merciful you are and how wonderful you are. But sadly, sometimes when we live the old life, They can't see it. They don't see your workmanship. They don't see that beautiful poem you've made out of our life. Would you help us to walk in that newness of life? In Jesus' name, amen. While the instrument plays this morning, why don't you stand if you would, and you may want to take your place right where you are and spend some time with the Lord. Time of invitation, however the Lord has spoken to you. Would you respond to Him? Maybe you need to spend some time and ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you to be a to be a light of His grace and His His kindness that there is. You know, you can get right down down right where you're seated, and you can spend some time with the Lord and ask Him for help. If you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone, would you see somebody before you leave? You can come see me. If you're a lady, we can 
bring it to another lady and then we can show you from the Bible. We can show you from the Word of God how you can know that your sins can be forgiven and you can be made right with your Creator again and have the hope of eternal life. Don't leave without getting that settled. Great to see everybody out this morning. Pray you have a wonderful afternoon. We'll be back, Lord willing, 6 o'clock tonight, back in the book of Matthew. Looking forward to that. So go home, get a nap. If you can't take a nap, buy a nap. If you need to know how to buy a nap, let me know. I'll tell you which one to get. Red Bull works, but uh, there's other choices. So.